It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Hey, and welcome to this episode of the Social Snippet Show. So once again, the Green Umbrella team went live on our Facebook page at 12 noon last Thursday, and this is the recording from that. This week, it is myself, it's Mark, Amanda and Jane, and we give you a rundown of the latest changes on LinkedIn company pages, um, sort of the changes that have kind of rolled out over the last few months that you should now all have access to. So we talk a little bit about that. And then we get into something um, where essentially Mark is sharing some tactics on how he's able to get design briefs out of people. Um, and you get a bit of an insight into the working relationship between myself and Mark when we're trying to create things for Green Umbrella Marketing. I have these fantastic ideas that I really struggle to communicate to Mark as a designer that he then has to make happen. So there's a few things where we discuss the fact that I'm possibly his worst client and um, and yeah it's good to hear his strategies actually about how he can get um, what people are seeing in their kind of mind, their mind's eye how he's able to extract that information and turn it into something that is you know, something that they're going to love basically so yeah I'll stop there and let's hand over get into the episode have a listen um, and don't forget to tell us what you think here we go. Hello and welcome to another live lunch. It's Thursday again. We are live on Facebook. We are streaming live on LinkedIn. We're even live on YouTube. And um, once we're all done, we'll be wrapping this up, stripping out the audio and getting it onto the podcast as well, the Social Snippet Show podcast. Um, it is a... So another week has gone by. We're on episode 27 now. When we started this live lunch, it was the Green Umbrella team just kind of letting everyone have a little bit of insight into our world and see who we are, you know, who they're talking to on the phone, who's behind the emails, that kind of thing. Um, Jane and I were talking just before we went live and we were saying, we, you know, did we, did we ever think we'd, we'd still be doing this 27 weeks later? Um, and the answer is definitely no, we didn't. We thought it'd be a temporary thing, but I don't know. It seems to be working for us. We've had a few guests along the way. We should probably start making some plans for like episode 50 and things like that. And, um, you know, some kind of like hallmark episodes shall we call them perhaps I don't know I don't know so it's just the green umbrella people today Emily's off on holiday so um, we've been spying on her Instagram seeing what she's up to this week and enjoying the peace and quiet and the lack of emails the lack of slack messages it's been fantastic nobody feels like they've been told off for like you know a whole week it's been amazing um, but I'm sure she won't tune in and watch this because she'll be enjoying her holiday. So we can really say anything we want to about her, can't we? <laughs> Pretty much. Emily who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. So, guys, what have we been up to this week? Jane, what's been going on with you? What have you been doing this week, working on, reading about? What have you got to um, share? Well, yeah, I mean, this week's been quite busy. I've had a lot of um, client stuff that I've been working on. I've been doing a bit of advertising stuff with Amanda and stuff like that. Um, and 
one of the things that I've read up on this week was uh, it was a bit of a roundup of all the new LinkedIn changes that have come about. So um, this one had been around for a little while, but uh, it's really useful. It's that now on your company page, you can see the names of all the people who follow it. Um, and you've got these little graphs and things in the analytics and um, you can sort of look what sector they work in, what sort of um, job title they've got, that kind of thing, um, which is really useful for obviously seeing what type of people are following your page. Um, are they the right people who are following your page? Um, that kind of thing. And um, and so that you can tailor what you're posting towards those people as well, if they are the right kind of people. Um, they have introduced a, a new feature where you can download some of the data. Unfortunately, you can't download their names, but you can download the sectors they're in and that kind of thing. So how useful it is, I don't really know, but but yeah, that's that's come about. Um, and there's a few changes to uh, events now. You can put events on your LinkedIn page, um, a little bit on the side to show you um, your next event and stuff like that. And they're introducing registration forms so you can get people to put their LinkedIn. It pulls it from their LinkedIn data, but it does allow you to download that afterwards and then you can um, email those people or get in touch with them after the event. So yeah, handy stuff. Absolutely. I think the event stuff's really interesting because they're allowing more people the access to the LinkedIn live function as well. So being able to go live um, into an event, if you like, and then, you know, get that data out of LinkedIn as well. That's really going to help a lot of people that are kind of looking at LinkedIn and saying, well, like, you know, I'm doing all this activity, but, you know, where's my ROI? I've, I haven't got any business out of it yet. Well, actually, here are your leads. Here are your engaged people that are not only seeing the con seeing your content, but actually want to like join your events, whether it's a webinar, or whatever it might be. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's going to be really, really key. It's interesting as well when you look at the company page followers now, being able to see exactly who's followed the page. Um, you know, pulling that information out as well, just looking at it regularly, so that you can do things like let's say you've had a strategy where you've been inviting your connections to follow the page. Actually, how many of them have, have, have done that, have accepted the invitation and, and, are, and are now followers of the page, but also who else are you attracting? So I was looking at this with one of our clients this week and there were a couple of their competitors were on the list and we were like, okay, right. So we know who's looking at what then, don't we, you know, and it's that kind of stuff as well. So it is quite interesting information. Um, and as for the data, if you understand who your ideal client is, you can look at that data and you can say, right, it's working for us or it isn't. You know, if it's working, you're going to attract the right people. You're going to see that in that data that you download. Um, if you're at, if you're kind of looking at who your target client is and looking to shift that maybe because of the changes you've made in your business through the, the sort of COVID period, then actually that information could be quite useful as well in terms of saying, okay, well, things are going great. This is who we've aimed at, but this is who we're attracting. And let's define who those people are to create that additional avatar. So, um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really useful getting that information. What do you reckon, Amanda? You, you talk to a lot of our clients about LinkedIn stuff as well, don't you? Yeah, and there's always some debate over, um, over the advertising comparing LinkedIn to Facebook because the budget's very different. So Facebook advertising, just for those who aren't in the know, minimum budget's a pound a day. For LinkedIn, it's 10 US dollars a day, which is about seven or eight pounds, depending on the exchange rate. So it feels like there's a big difference. But 
if your cost per sale or what you know the cost of what's the cost of a lead to you if that's high then it is worth looking at linkedin and if you can get this you know additional information and it feels like linkedin are maybe doing a bit more to help that along um you know i don't know behind the scenes maybe they feel like they're missing out on the on the monetizing side of things because facebook have kind of raced ahead of it um so yeah it might be worse so those people that have kind of probably popped it to one side if they if they can get more detail um it's worth them perhaps revisiting mm, absolutely linkedin advertising is expensive but in reality if you think that the things that sell best from a facebook advertising perspective are around like the the 30 pound price mm. point it tends to be product related yeah um you know if you're selling something that is let's say over 100 pounds you're going to use Facebook adverts very much top of funnel to introduce your brand to people. It's it's about creating that awareness and, you know, kind of, you know, making people aware and getting them interested in you. Yeah. It's tough to get it beyond that point. You might be yeah. able to get someone to a point where you can have a phone call with them or they've joined your mailing list. But that's probably as far as you're going to be able to realistically expect to get someone on Facebook. Mm-hmm. The thing is with your, with your LinkedIn ads, because of the cost of them, you really need to think of it as a bottom of funnel exercise. So people already know you, they already like you, they already trust you, and now they're seeing a LinkedIn ad. Yeah. When they're like right on the edge of going from that, you know, that having that having made that decision that they need your services or having, you know, having had having got that desire to to want to have your product mm. okay when we're when we're trying to push them into that action stage that's when linkedin ads come into play and yeah. that's why actually when you use it in that way it's so much more effective so paul's just said um if i just bring it up on screen paul's just said he's never found linkedin ads effective so if i was working with you paul i'd be saying okay right let's draw out your funnel at what point in that funnel, what point in that journey did you bring in those LinkedIn ads? Mm. Because quite often that's what happens. People are bringing it in, right, you know, just to create the awareness mm. and they don't get anything out of it because, yeah. you know, how do you measure brand awareness? Oh, it's no, it's so difficult, isn't it? In fact, measuring any marketing activity is notoriously hard um because it's you know it's always a multi-touch approach you know very rarely do people see one thing and then make the decision to commit whether it's to purchase so you know even just thinking of consumer goods if you're talking about i don't know uh beard grooming stuff so beard cream or face cream or something i'm trying to be inclusive to mark rather than just going like shampoo or face cream (laughs) no varnish just see one ad and go great I'm in it takes kind of multi-touch approaches you know you might see an ad a special offer at the supermarket before you or and the need you know if you've got a cupboard full of those products so you know it takes like three four five plus times of seeing something so yeah one LinkedIn ad one Facebook ad is not going to cut it um you know I think a lot of people forget you can do retargeting on LinkedIn as well so you can be um, same with Facebook, it's called the pixel code in Facebook where you're collecting visitor information to your website and then retargeting them on Facebook. You can do exactly the same with LinkedIn, can't you? You know, it's yeah, called the insights tag, yeah. Let's tag, that's it, yeah. I was struggling yeah. to remember, I'm glad you filled in the blank. <laughs> 
No, absolutely. You know, the, the thing with LinkedIn advertising is, you know, you said Facebook has stormed ahead. Absolutely. Facebook have got oh. it to be. So everyone else from a social advertising perspective is copying their work. Okay. Facebook's got this kind of functionality. How do we build that functionality into what we do? So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely the way to go. But it is about always mapping it all into that into that journey, if you like, of someone coming on board, going from never having heard from you at all into buying from you. Actually, we've got to do the right things at the right times to make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Cool. So, Mark. Talk with Mark. Uh, it's been a bit of a mixed week, really. Sort of bit of bit of everything, really. So, uh, obviously, I haven't read anything, as has been pointed out within the team this morning. After a question <laughs> question came through on live chat that had I read last week's blog, I would have been able to answer. So I hold <laughs> my hands up. You haven't done homework, Mark. <laughs> I know, I know, terrible. So uh, yeah, but no, it's been it's been pretty busy, pretty productive actually for change, it seems. So I've managed to get quite a lot done in a short space of time this week. So it's been a mix of sort of social media, sort of images, uh, a little bit of Mailchimp print again. So we're seeing that still sort of trickling back through through people's consciousness of what they're they're, they're sort of um, planning and ordering and things like that. So yeah, all good. Excellent. Is there um, anything kind of innovative happening print wise at the minute or is it tending to be the kind of more standard stuff and people are just kind of like right back in the office, things are getting back to normal. Let's just do a refresh on the, like the usual business cards, leaflets, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty much that kind of thing so far. Sort of, you know, people thinking about you know, brochures, um where again people are perhaps back in the office yeah they're needing business cards and and things like that again but in terms of perhaps some more creative things which perhaps come with more perhaps events and uh, sort of bigger campaigns i think it's going to be probably obviously a little while before that sort of starts to to, to sort of um, come through again i think mm. um it's interesting you mentioned the um the live chat message that came through so Jane wrote a blog a little while ago, actually. I'm going to reveal one of our little secrets now that we um, we share with the people that we, we coach. Um, basically, Jane wrote this article a little while ago um, about like what was the best scheduling software and, and that kind of thing. Um, and we've actually had a couple of questions over the last few weeks where people have just been sort of saying, okay, well, you know, what should I be using? Should I be using Buffer or should I be using Hootsuite? I need something low cost. I need something that can, um, you know, post to Instagram. I need something that can do this with Google My Business. Um, and so Jane went back and revisited that blog, updated it, republished it, and we put it out again um, last week, which is fantastic thing to do repurposing your content and and that sort of that sort of thing but it's really interesting how many people are asking us that question at the minute I think there's a real push on people going right I need to make social work for me right now I you know I need to invest in that in terms of sort of time and effort but there's a real kind of understanding that there are ways to do it efficiently 
So, you know, obviously, you know, using a scheduling tool is is one thing. Um, but one of the things Mark and I have been working on this week as well is having a um, a bit of a plan, if you like. Into, so I've been looking at Instagram. I need to um, put, put a bit of effort into my personal link, um, personal Instagram account. Um, having just launched a podcast and I'm determined to kind of like brand it in a certain way. And it's supposed to be a hobby. So I'm not supposed to be using Green Umbrella Resources to do it. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not the designer, am I, Mark? No, but now we've got through the interpretation of the brief. I think we've got there. Well, and this is the thing. So sometimes when you get a design job, okay, so sometimes when we get a design job from a client, they give us a brief and it's not really a brief. And you have to do a lot of unpicking to figure out what it is the client actually wants. And then the problem that Mark has sometimes is that essentially I am that client. And it's really good when I draw in pictures and say, this is what I want. But because I'm not a creative person in that sense, I kind of, I know what I want, but I can't see it. It gets really, really hard to communicate that. So when, it, when you're working with people like me, Mark, what are the, what are kind of like, how can I give you a better brief? I suppose the thing that we, we were, we were talking about is obviously sometimes examples of certain things. So when we were looking at sort of Instagram grids and things, it was thinking about, you know, what sort of layout that was going to be and, and other examples of that. And it can be, it can be the same on, on, uh, you know, a standard job because people say, oh, I just, I just want a brochure or I just want a, a business card. Yeah, but how do you want that to look at? You know, what have you seen? What do you like? What are the, the elements that you like um, from, from you know, things that you've, you know, experienced through other, other means? So it's, it's just teasing those information pieces out of people, really. So obviously you've got your general sort of hopefully most people have got their branding in place and, you know, they've got their logos and fonts and things, which I, I think we've spoken about at length before. And, and obviously that's a whole different ball game. But then it's, yeah, it's getting that information about, well, okay, you know, what sort of, you know, feel is it going to be? What sort of images? Um, you know, how much text needs to be included is often a big one. So sometimes people will get either, it'll either be one or the other. You sometimes see like, uh, you know, an A4 side of text that's got to be condensed down and try and get on an A6 postcard, or there'll be three lines of text that's meant to be for like a five-page, six-page brochure or something. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one sometimes, but it's just, yeah, get just going through that information and, you know, teasing out those little bits and bobs that can help make things easier. Sometimes you've just got to, I mean, I, I it's, it's obviously a time thing, but sometimes with, say, with the Instagram thing, it's just a case of doing it and then tweaking it. So in my defense, in my defense, I knew I was being difficult with it, but it was, it was a complicated, it wasn't just an image. It was like, it was an image that needed to work as three separate images as well and that kind of thing. So I was maybe being just a tiny, tiny bit tricky there. But I think it's important because even, even, you know, even for me, when I'm thinking print and design, everything's in my head and it's about like, how do we get that out there? You know, how do we kind of get that brief together? And 
you know, from a social media perspective, when we're looking at strategy that way, we have all sorts of questions that we work through to kind of pick out to like really get to the objective of it, really dig into the brand and to to really understand what we need to achieve, how we need to sound, how we need to communicate. But when it comes to a brochure, brochure is just a brochure, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> A good job you're in separate rooms. Okay. I'm gonna say, you know, there are some really good things about lockdown. Some really good things about lockdown, right? I, I am coming coming into the office this afternoon. Remember? Yeah, I, I might be leaving after this. Right. That's so, right. No, I, th I think I think the key is is like is is trying to highlight to people as well the things that they they should be including, which perhaps people always don't necessarily think about. So you know they'll be thinking about. Um, the content and highlighting certain things, but they won't necessarily think about calls to action. So, you know, what, you know, okay, a brochure probably doesn't necessarily have strong calls to action in it, but if, if it's a leaflet or a flyer or something, what is, what is the purpose of that? And, and that sometimes people don't get. They think, well, just want to advertise more stuff or, you know, I've got a product, but yeah, but what do you want people to do? When, when they get that piece, you know, is it, do you want them to visit the website? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to ask for more information? Do you want them just to simply buy it straight away? What is that enticing thing? Um, so it's thinking about those kind of things as well. Obviously it's a bit, that's more of a practical thing rather than um, the, the, the Instagram thing where we were trying to make something work, but it's all those kind of bits that come together so I always sort of think about, you know, design has to work in lots of different ways. It has to work practically. If it's a print thing, it has to work for print. And it also has to be fit for purpose in terms of what the, you know, the actual purpose of what what are you trying to achieve with it? So it's yeah. got to be all, all of those things, really, like most of the time. Anyway. Do you know, I think another read, something you've just said there that's worth picking up on as well is, you know, in terms of the value that we bring to the clients we work with, um, we, we don't just talk theory, we're very practical. And, and that's the feedback we get as well when people like watch the webinars and that kind of thing. It's we, we don't just talk about the theory of something. We're actually saying like, these are the buttons you need to press. This is what you need to do to do it yourself. This is where it it fits within like your, you know, within your, the marketing piece. This is the stage at which this needs to come in. And actually, you know, Amanda, you talked about touch points as well. It's something like 12, 13 touch points yeah. right now that the marketers are saying we need to achieve in order to convert that, you know, that that suspect, if you like. They're not even a prospect at this stage. Right. You know, that person that you suspect could be your ideal client. We need to reach them 12, 13 plus times. And we can do that through social and we can take them so far and then we can start to attack them with the email marketing and we can take them a step further. And then actually, that's when the kind of more tangible things come in. That's where the print really starts to matter. And it's so important that the, because this is almost, your print's like the first tangible thing for a lot of service-led businesses when they're trying to convert someone. So actually, the brand is everything at that point. The purpose is everything. If I... If someone's interested in working with us and we're going to send something in the post and we've taken them all the way through that journey and they believe that we're, you know, we're, we're fun and we're full of energy and we're practical and we're really going to be able to help them. And we send them something on like 
you know, a flimsy bit of A5 with a crappy print on it that costs pennies, we've immediately devalued our service. They're not going to buy at that point. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, again, it has to be fit for that purpose. So, you know, if you're doing, uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, say you, I'm trying to think of mass leaflet ones, but uh, estate agents always spring to mind because they're they're basing things on a numbers game a lot of the time if they're literally door dropping. So you might find the quality is perhaps not as good, but it's just literally get it out there, get it out there. But if you're you're sort of like targeting someone or you're trying to obviously you know promote a higher end service, then yeah, that print also needs to you know represent that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Help clubs, dog walking, anything like that that needs to be a nice joined up campaign, basically. As you yeah. say, but you need to know that you're in safe hands and it's a proper well, it's that kind of feeling of legitimacy as well, isn't it? So if it looks amateur, the design's rubbish and it doesn't tie in with you know a website or a Facebook page where you don't have those elements, you've basically just burnt your money. There's yeah. No I, th and I think things have changed, you know, certainly I believe in maybe the last 10 years or so where, you know, you'd still perhaps 10 years ago get some horrible sort of black and white flyer through the door or something, you know, where they've basically been photocopied. But I think even, you know, I think a lot of people have realised that, you know, that doesn't, you know, entice people to, to use their services anymore. You've got to have, you know, a bit more about it really now, even, you know, for for Bob the Builder and, you know, people like that that sort of want to put their services out there. It is about, like you said, about trust. So it's, you know, you've got to have that that sort of bit of branding and visual sort of identity in there and, and uh, as well as the message to give that message. Absolutely. Um, so Susie's got a lovely comment here for us. Um, and I just you want to pick up. Too much. You're, black, you're block, blocking me out. I think she's done it on purpose. So Susie works for the NHS um, and she's, she said that they are really trying to elevate their resources so that they look um, more than a Word document printed 15 years ago. Um, and I, I really like her last sentence here because she says it's helping to place more value on their work. Um, more respect, more professionalism. Um, obviously, we, you know, we know Susie, so we've got um, a bit of insight into what she does. And I think it's very much about internal marketing in her situation, getting that buy-in from her peers within the NHS as well. That's right, Amanda, isn't it? Or have I got that one wrong? No, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And they've been busy, 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 busy. Doing, doing back to school and sort of, you know, guiding people who are prepping school-aged children. And again, I've, as you say, we, we know Susie. Um, I know her pretty well. Um, so she's my sister, just in case. <laughs> um, I've done work with her on marketing and branding and even down to things like um I was kind of like please don't use Times New Roman as a font it's not in the 90s people you know and, and that it does matter it does matter so so yeah we've done some work on that but in bigger companies and particularly public sector you're so constricted in, in what you can do and obviously something like the NHS is just it, it's such an enormous brand almost nobody owns it well we the public own it 
but you can't just run off and kind of different departments print and do their own thing. You know, they have very rigid guidelines about how it's used and bigger companies will have that. And um, for a reason, because people can go off in, in any company and just, just use brands as they have to. But um, so it is it is good to have some brand guidelines. So if if someone's coming to mark, they know and they can say, right, these are the colours that we use. This is the font we use. And there is some consistency and, well, yes, yeah, you said professionalism and respect. Yeah. And, and, and then Paul has just said use Comic Sans. <laughs> Sometimes you can do without people, can't you? you know, yeah. I think we need to on my stream today. So um so we've got I think we've got international because I've seen one of my one of the viewers has popped up, Jake in Australia. So hello, Australia. Green Umbrella's gone international. <laughs> well, do you know, Spencer's commented, Spencer Lodge has commented on LinkedIn as well. He's over in Dubai. So, you know, Daventry today, who knows where we'll be tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Daventry to Dubai to somewhere in Australia, beginning with D that I can't think of. Yeah. <laughs> so, Amanda, what have you been up to this week? Oh, a bit of everything this week, to be honest. Um yeah, real spread. So working on a lovely joined up marketing campaign with one of our clients, which is um, print mail, uh, Facebook advertising, website landing pages as well. So we can really see who's clicking on what and going where. So we can measure the activity, um, making sure their organic social channels are all up to date as well. Email marketing. So, yeah, a really nice joined up piece, which is which is great, because as we said, sometimes people will rely so heavily on, on one area and it just doesn't work. Um, onboarding this week as well. So we've had some lovely new clients joining us. So we're just making sure we're getting started. And, you know, I, I had a really great chat with one client and he was like, oh, just put your spin on it. And I had to point out, I said, well, no, I can't because my spin is not your brand. You know, I, I can use my language, but that's not necessarily going to attract your clients. So um, I need to kind of put that hat on and become become you, as it were. Do you know, we had a. Um, should I tell this story or not? I probably shouldn't, in honesty. We had a. Um, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Change the name to protect identities. Typical. <laughs> I've started, so you can't stop me now. Um, yeah, we had a client come on board because they love our blog and they've they've followed mm. the blog. And if I go and like dig in and I look at the stats, they're always opening our emails. They're always clicking through, and they're you know they've introduced us to to lots of people over the years, and um, they're real advocates for the brand. And they started on that they, they were going to start blogging, and they asked us to write a blog for them. Um, their business is quite serious in tone, let's say, you know, in comparison with ours. Um, you know, what they do is not something that where you get to be kind of, you know, bright colours and a little bit wacky at times. Um, and when they got the initial blog from us, they were really disappointed because they thought it would be written like one of our blogs. And it was kind of like, yeah, but our brand values are very different to yours. Our, our, our client base is very different to yours. The, you know, the, it, it's like the, the businesses couldn't be any different. And they were really disappointed because they thought they were going to get one of our blogs. Hmm. And it really made me think about how we sell some of those services. Um, the client you're talking about, Amanda, I remember um, when 
because I'd, I'd started talking to them right at the beginning and when they were looking at working with us and I said, you know, one of our goals is to freak you out. You need to be uncomfortable because when you read that post that's been written by somebody else, you need to be able to hear your own voice. Mm. It needs to sound like you. You need to read it and think like, oh, my God, but I didn't say that. Mm. But, you know, it, it, it's it's actually quite uncomfortable. It's like when someone's impersonating you. <laughs> you know, it, it is a little bit uncle you know it, when it's for comedy effect yes it's funny but it's still uncomfortable well in, in this scenario there is no comedic effect you know so it's a bit stalkery in a way isn't it yeah no absolutely absolutely but the thing is if we if we've got it right mm. that's that's what the experience should be you know our clients should be able to read the content that we've written and hear their own voices in their heads yeah and there's a massive element of trust as well that they need to place their trust in us that we can act as them um you know and sometimes when we're starting the the ball rolling not always but sometimes when we're acting as somebody we might do an introductory message and actually sign off as the person involved that's always tricky because the amount of times you want to go kind regards amanda and actually you need to be putting kind regards bob or jenny or whoever it might be um but that's kind of a very starter, but you know, that you have to have that trust and know that the client needs to feel that you can, you can be them, you know? So I was chatting to, to a potential client this week who's in the uh, HVAC sector, which is heating, ventilating, air conditioning, that kind of thing. Um, and ordinarily you might be like, that's quite a niche sector. How can we use that language? Um, and potentially that's that's what my husband does for a living so I actually know a reasonable amount about it so I was able to kind of say well yeah we know this this and this so um but the, yeah they need to have that comfort that we can hold our own in that kind of conversation you know you don't have to know literally all the ins and outs and be able to go on site and wire up whatever you need to do but um but yeah, you need to be able to do the sort of early part of it and have that confidence that you can talk with authority, even if you're a little bit blagging it, but enough to kind of hold that and then say, right, client, I need to pass this over to you now. I've, I've teed it up. Over to you. Uh, do you know, I think that's the that's the thing as well. And, um, you know, with the activity we do, it's incredibly hard to measure. It's mm. incredibly hard to measure the response. But our job is to tee them up. Mm. that really is and then be able to identify for the client say right here you know here's one for you to knock out the park kind of thing and mm. you know it, it that's that's where the communication is is so important um and we've got some clients that really really get that and they've been on board with us a long time for that reason but it's kind of we have to we have to train our clients into that's how this is going to work mm it's quite tricky that, that people come on board and they kind of think, well, I'm just going to give you some money. You're going to give me some leads. Mm. Would, wouldn't it be nice if it worked that way? Oh yeah. Perfect. It would be fantastic. One of our clients sent me a WhatsApp message um, last week, the week before, and that, you know, they're like, you know, just so you know, just had a lead come through from, and they mentioned a specific element that we've delivered for them. It's going to be worth 150,000 pounds to their business. If they, if they win the work, and it's kind of like, if we could have that happen every day, 10 times a day, mm. how cool would that be? 
you know, but it, it, it is about understanding that this is this is a process and it's a process you just have to keep investing in. There is no, it's a campaign, we're going to stop it at that point and look at the results because it, it's like a, the more you're doing it, the the more the ball's rolling that you know and the more it's picking up pace and and it takes time it's a big old machine we've got to get moving yeah um, there's no there's no overnight success you know it's very rare even if like something goes viral you know so even if you've got a, a celebrity or something that goes viral that's had a thing uh so there was something this week um that i was reading about somebody called molly may molly may somebody she's a i don't really know who she is what she does and um, I think she might be from reality tv but she did this amazing piece of marketing where she was giving away like I think it was about eight thousand pounds worth of designer goods so to be fair not our demographic but the response to it was staggering you know she got sort of basically a, a hundred plus time multiples so 100 percent more hits um with what she was doing so whether that was on her youtube channel um on her instagram feed so you know th but that's not an overnight success so yes she got some amazing results from it but apparently she's been building up apparently it was when she was 16 it was her dream to have a youtube channel um you know for most of us watching probably when we were 16 youtube didn't exist but <laughs> but that was her goal i mean i guess she's in her 20s now so if you think you know that's eight nine years so even that's not an overnight success there is no magic bullets in marketing you know, if there was we would all be doing it so it yeah it takes a bit it takes effort it takes a bit of time it, yeah it's it's consistent it's consistency and it's commitment mm. absolutely consistency and commitment um it's you know people kind of they they want to get into the facebook advertising stuff and they think actually if i if i throw a couple of grand at this or even a couple of hundred at this you know they, they th i've had clients want to throw 50 quid at it and think they're going to get results and it's like, you know, it, we've got to be really clear what we want out of this. Um, but if we're expecting a, a quick turnaround, it, it's not going to happen. Okay, we've got a question here from Adam. So how do you know that they have the language and tone correct for their market, especially if they're looking for something different? We talk a lot about alter egos in marketing, as is the same with habits. We have to change our identity with being something different, depending on what we need or want to achieve. So obviously we advise our clients on their tone and, you know, from what we know and our experiences and, you know, we work within a niche. So you know, one of the great things with working with a niche is that you really understand how best to talk to those people. So I think that's really important if you are looking for marketing services that you, you know, you don't just need an agency. You, you need an agency that understands your market because they can then advise you in the best possible way. Um, you know, for the clients that we work with outside of the recruitment sector, because that's our niche, um, you know, it's very much about getting them to explain to us who their ideal client is and us ask the, the touchy-feely questions, really, hmm. because they will tell us, they already know, you already know how to talk to your clients. It's just documenting that is where it becomes a bit tricky. So our job really is to tease that out of people and then say, well, actually, you know, you've said this type of communication works. So we need to make sure that we're building that into your tone. Hmm. Um, 
there's a brand that we work with where everything they do is in block capitals and the market that they in fact it's not even about the market they serve i i would say there's very few people that like to be shouted at yeah there's a real perception of capitals is that you is that you're yelling basically yeah and so you know we've had to kind of really you know branding is your brand covers so many elements mm. and you know it, it's it is look and feel but you know it, it that tone is so important as well so it is about having those conversations and just advising accordingly everything you do to attract a client is not about you it's not about your business it's mm. about them and I think that's probably the the biggest thing as well is you know, actually, your your audience, what do they want? What do they need? How do they like to be spoken to? And like I said, you know, we, all, we can have the conversation. We know the answers to those questions. It's just getting it documented, which can be quite tricky for some people. And it evolves, I think, as well. So when you're working on behalf of somebody whether it's writing a blog in their in their tone of voice um using their language or just a social media piece <clears throat> post or an email chain it really evolves over time so you know i remember i was working with somebody did sort of copyright a blog based on their a webinar they'd done you know the first few came back they had quite a lot of edits in there and it's very 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 rare to get something back and have it signed off immediately um especially if you're kind of working with somebody who's a bit of a marketer as well because there's always personal style in there um, but this had quite a few edits and i was a bit I'm a bit gutted about it but certainly sort of by third fourth fifth article it just felt so much more natural for us both you know using the language and you just sort of yeah you really get to grips with it so it, it does evolve over time I think it's you know if you can be there or thereabouts to start with and not too sensitive to feedback do you know a great a great question when I work with someone that's really struggling with this so I say okay right you know let's work through it so yeah although we do this for our clients we do a lot of coaching as well and, and in these conversations I always go kind of like to the coaching elements of it um, or, or the coaching examples and the question of, you know, where's the value? That's yeah. the question. So especially when it comes to email marketing things, when it comes to, you know, blogs, that sort of stuff. And I'm working with someone at the minute and they're they're creating a nurture sequence. So they've, they've sent me the first couple of emails for, of their nurture sequence. And I've immediately sent it back and said, where's the value? There's nothing of value in this email for me as the recipient. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're just telling me again what you do. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't care about what you do at this point. You know, I, I need to know your brand and know you're going to help me. What you actually do at that po- at that point is is almost secondary. Mm. You know, actually, you 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 need to be able to measure my engagement with you. I'm only going to engage with you if you give me something of value. Where is the value? And I've kind of bounced it back a couple of times, and we've now got you know the the first few emails of this chain. Are, are really strong in terms of they are actually nurturing the prospect you know and, and it is about you know kicking off your shoes putting yourself in the you know in the shoes of that that ideal client of that of that prospect and going right now what do I need when I receive this piece of information what am I getting from it 
Okay, you know, what's being delivered to that prospect? What are they going to engage with? Why are they going to engage? How are they going to feel about that piece of marketing? Is it going to have any impact whatsoever? Is it just another email they're going to delete? You know, and, and it is it is really interesting taking uh, taking people through that journey and getting them to see it from the flip side. So Susie's back. <laughs> Do some work, Susie. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Susie uses focus focus groups and patient feedback to help them engage better. Um, yeah, audience varies throughout the day, and therefore the approach has to change absolutely. And you know, this is the thing: it's that we encourage our clients to look every yeah, essentially every three months. We try and do a review with them. The the clients that are most engaged with us um, from a service perspective, we do every three months. Um, other than that, we um, do you know, so I got distracted then because it looked like Susie had put Rufy Six. I was thinking, like, she's NHS, medical, drugs, and now she's talking about roofing people, maybe. I'm like, I didn't know where we were going then. Um, sorry, I get distracted so easily, don't I? I need to. Just just she up. can't type and she's told me we're being rude now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Uh, focus groups uh, uh you were talking about oh yeah yeah so every three months yeah every three months and, and i said the clients that are on kind of like lower level service um with us you know it's maybe every six months or annually that we we kind of do you know reviews with them if you like in terms of the branding and the target client and and all that sort of stuff but you definitely you need to look regularly because things will change habits will change if you've built your your avatars correctly if you under if you truly understand your ideal client you'll have an idea of their habits and their interests and their behaviors mm. well actually the behaviors of our ideal client 12 months ago versus today you know it's completely mm. different you know yeah. and it, it will change through you know even I know no one wants to talk about pandemic and lockdown we're all a bit over it um but of course habits have changed now because people are generally back at school and back at work so you know we all had a lot more well not free time but we all had a lot more time we were at home weren't we a few months ago you know and because people are back at work and back to school when they're, the times they're online has changed. Um, talking about sending email nurture sequences or email campaigns, you know, we were, we, everyone sort of kind of goes, what's the best time to send an email? And as we've often discussed, there again, there's no magic time. Yet logically, it's better to send it when people are awake. Um, you know, Saturday night is not a great time. So there are times that it's just not good to send it. But you know, if you were sort of sending Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are generally quite good days. But when we have amazing hot weather, if you were going to send it like on a Thursday afternoon and we were still in lockdown, people were kind of by that point, they were like too hot and going in the garden with the kids. So, no, don't send it then. But again, now that will change because the weather's changing. So it will, as you say, it can change from season to season, month to month. Um, so you do need to do need to vary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Well, we're coming up to time now. Anyone got anything to, to wrap up with? Anything? No. Oh, no. No. Oh, 
God, should we just should we finish it there? Should we finish it there? Do you know it, it's like a, it's a funny one this week because we, we like nothing much is really going on. Because it's like the kids are back to school. There's no in the world no, of social media, no big launches. So there's everyone's just getting back into the swing of there, things, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there, there's loads of stuff happening, but it's not anything we've got access to yet. So it's hard for us to talk about it. We've um, the TikTok US stuff is, um, you know, the, it's kind of gone a little bit quiet. Um, and, you know, the Oracle's won the deal kind of thing. And that's about as much as we can say on that one. So it's a bit been a bit of a slow, a slow news week, if you like, for us. Um, and, you know, just appointments wise, client wise, it's all... It's all kind of, it's all a bit sort of strange this week. I've been spending a lot of time interviewing people. So um, I think probably next week we'll we'll talk a little bit around, um, you know, the skills you need to, to run social media for a business. Um, you know, maybe some of the, some of the observations, if you like, um, out of us going through that recruitment process there. Um, but yeah, I think for this week, I think we're all done. I think we're all done. Have we got a guest next week? Have we got someone joining us next week for yeah, live lunch? Susan Rose joining us next week. Susan Rose. Oh, fantastic. So tune in for that one. Susan Rose is a um, English bone China um, producer, designer. Uh, she's been a long standing client and we love her to bits. So I'm sure she'll have some views as well in terms of how to make social media work for a business. Yeah, she's got fantastic um social marketing her instagram marketing because her products are very visual mm. she's an artist basically isn't she yes um yeah. it just so happens that she's an artist and that transfers onto onto bone china so yeah very visual products so she's got some great social marketing that she can talk about i mean to be fair she's had a fantastic social media coach for several well, years now. of course of course <laughs> brilliant cool right that's it then folks thank you for joining us we'll be back next week um thursday 12 noon and um, emily be, will be back with us we'll have susan rose with us and we'll be talking more about social media marketing and just being in business in general see you all next week bye, bye. bye. bye.